Hi friends, welcome to another video. Today I have a special guest here and it's Steve, the CEO of Yield Notes. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So um, my uh, principle of this channel is to basically uh, provide value and, and go deep with people. And today I would like to go deep with you regarding Yield Notes. I think you said that about uh, 50,000 uh, people invested with you. Is, is that correct? This is right. We have a community of over 50,000 people who are active um, participants of Yield Notes. And yeah, some of also my uh, YouTube friends have invested significant amounts, uh, 40 or 50,000 euros. And of course, they are now worried uh, what will happen, um, what Understand will continue. Understand and uh, I just want to go deep. I want to ask uh, tough questions, fair questions, but tough, and just try to understand how the business model worked and how we can go forward. So can you maybe talk about um, the 50,000 clients? How much assets under management are we talking about? Could you, could you say something about that? We are, we are probably close around like in 350, 400 million in assets. Three hundred fifty, four hundred million. System. So it's 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 a lot, yes. With, with of course with the compounding gains through the three years and everything, this is like the sum that is the, the full the full sum of the system. And of course, people were attracted by the high yields. Uh, you promised uh, around five to ten percent uh, per month, and exactly. it seemed to it seemed to work well for about uh, three years. And uh, of course, Ironically, now, um, we just had the three year anniversary, you know, before before the crash happened. So there, there was that like the celebration was kind of cut to a very swift end, so to speak. Exactly. So um, could you maybe talk about your own business model? So um, how much of the gains did you take as a profit share or how, how did your own business model work? At the beginning, we took 15 percent. And when we saw that the returns were kind of low, we saw, you know, kind of when things went a little bit on the on the worst side, we decided to lower our own take and we went down to 12.5% with the future plan to keep scaling that down to about 5% of the yield. Got it, got it. Yeah, so personally, just as a full disclaimer, I am not invested and I have never been, so I have no uh, conflict of interest. So I just try to be as neutral as possible, not try to bash you and not try to give you an opportunity for marketing, of course, but just try to understand. So in a recent interview, uh, you said that you will allow um, withdrawals again with something you will call a claims uh, process where people will be able to put up their um, account value uh, basically um, with, a, with a discount and you uh, are proposing uh, probably a, a discount of like 90% so that people could take out 10%. Uh, but of course, people will be able to uh, to put up their offers um, as they as they wish. So they, they could um, uh, ask for no discount. Um, so who will buy these claims and, and why should anyone now buy buy such claims? And do you think that this claims market will will work? It's a little bit different than that. So let, let me try to explain it. When when um, we saw that the coins that we, our business is master noting and staking, and this is what we did through the three years, and we sold like the proceeds into BTC and paid people out back to the euro in euro value, which is very important. So because it gave a little bit of stability. 
when we noticed that the coin value was severely dropping because the market sentiment shifted, like, I don't know if you are aware, but we did audits B yearly. Like B yearly people, we were gathering in Malta and we were looking at the numbers. And on the last audit, we shown an over collateralization, which was 130% which looks good on paper, but now in retrospect, it should have been higher because the higher the collateralization was, the more leeway we would have had with the coins. And this collateralization went slower and lower through the years. We were at one point, I believe, three, 400%. And this went lower and lower. And we noticed then at some point that the buy power, masternoding in essence is generating coins in a network. And we had 15 different coins and all these coins suddenly started to have no buy power at all, meaning people were masternoding and staking alongside us with their own operations and they sold into the market at insane, um, how do you call it, at the, um, in, big, in big positions, essentially crushing the market down. And this is when we needed to take the breaks or to, when we needed to halt the system because we, we knew that essentially this would cause another hit to the coins because when the company that is masternoding is saying we are halting the withdrawals to save the operation, this took another hit on the coins and dilute and evaluated all the coins even further. We knew that this would happen, but it was the only way because there's a saying in German, I believe it's like better a, a terror that ends than a never ending terror and keep collecting money and then starting to use that money to pay off people that would have turned into a Ponzi scheme. And we knew this was not something we wanted to go down with, gambling on the fact that maybe Bitcoin would rise, maybe the economy would come back, maybe for some reason the wars and pandemic is gone, you know, all the factors. And so we decided to hold the program for um, a, a while. And the point here is a lot of people of course, the way we halted it was not very elegant. It was a shot right, you know, in the heart of a lot of people. People were left shocked and frustrated, especially after having done the audit recently, which showed that we were over collateralized. So what we are doing now is we changed the business model in a sense that masternoding and staking remains the same, but we are going to underlie all our coins with real life assets that have been committed to us so that the coins will gather will not run on belief but on value this is the most important part but to come back because i already talked a lot on the on different factors because i wanted to get in deep with this point what we're doing as a first step we realize people are upset and people are angry and we want to give those people a way out and the way out is this marketplace that we are building and that goes live on the 14th of november and what people can do is they can sell their shares in a peer-to-peer -peer market, we are not profiting of this. We are just exclusively offering it from people who maybe who want out to other people who like to see this as a bargain to get in. And so what they can do is they can set their own terms in sense of how much of the percentage they want. They can also send and um, select a plus percent if they think or if in a few months the situation has resolved so much that they say, okay, I'm not ready to wait till the economy starts. I might want to go out with 120%. They can post it in this market. The mean, we have set a lower floor of 10%, the minimum that can be sold to undermine underselling or panic selling, because if, especially at the beginning when the situation is dire and the mood is low, there will be a lot of offers and probably not so many takers. And what we are doing is we lower this minimum every two weeks by 10% to a higher level, meaning every two weeks, the minimum that you can sell your shares will be 10% higher. So 
given time, we will direct the market in a more appreciating state. Also because we are very convinced once people see the assets we are bringing in and what we are doing to strengthen the coins, that we are not going anywhere until we are trying to solve this problem that we are having, it will be probably a better time to sell. And, and do you already have some buyers lined up or what happens if there are just no, no buyers? First of all, we have, a, like we did a few polls inside the system and even though the, the um, atmosphere is not so good as you can imagine, in the past weeks already it shifted because a lot of people understood the light paper and understood what we are trying to do here and how we are making things work because the coins are there, you know, we still must not stake. It's not that the coins are being sold into the market at undervalued prices. We are still keeping the operation going. And what we're doing now, for example, I'm holding an interview with you to, to get some, some exposure to what we are doing. And I have more than 14 interviews lined up for this week. So I'm really hitting the drum, so to speak, you know, to, to publicize this news. But we also have inside yield notes, a lot of members which are willing, like in the poll, 42% are willing that answer the poll are willing to take over other people's um, shares if the price is right, of course. So they are looking for discounts, trying to get some good prices because the upside is quite good. Because the offer is essentially, if you're getting someone's, we are not reducing our liabilities here. If someone has a 100K, let's say a very big deposit, and he sells it for 10,000, and someone is buying for 10,000, we will still hold that liability at the 100K level. We are not trying to weasel out by reducing that somehow or something. We are still committed to that. And once the Senomi launches, these assets then will be back to the real assets. And then the coins, also the coins should come to a higher level. And then you can, you are in your, in, in the right um, position to monetize. So what does this uh, commitment mean? You said that you are not reducing your own liability. So if somebody has 100,000, he sells for 10,000, but then you, uh, can they still get their 90% remaining back uh, no, in if, the future? If people exit at this point, which I absolutely don't suggest, you know, I don't suggest anyone to leave at 10%, like wait till the process is higher, see how the market evolves. If you're not in absolutely dire need or you're committed, ex like to overcommitted to an ex insane degree just wait it out and sell in a more in a better market i don't know how it's going to look like i'm just you know envisioning that there will be a lot of panic selling at the beginning understandably so but things will calm down and once the first steps are being made it's going to be better the point is that the person that buys in it's a steal for them if they understand the business proposal because they are getting the 100k they're paying essentially if it's yeah true so, so the so the yeah so, so, so the liability is then on the exactly okay i, I got exactly. it so and they are basically buying, buying uh, okay yeah I, I, I got it i got it i got it okay so i i really want to understand and the and the reason of course i mean it sounds all great five to ten percent uh, uh return per month but I never understood the business model. So I, I, I would really like to go, go deep on that. So let's just really go through that. So let's say I deposited just uh, the old business model. I deposited 1,000 euros. So let's go step by step the flow. What happened with those 1,000 euros? How did I deposit it? And uh, so, so, so I had to deposit... Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry, keep going. I, I tend to interrupt people because... I no problem. It's, it's good. It's a, it's a live discussion. So I think what, what kind of deposits did you accept? Bitcoin and some others? 
Bitcoin and um, we didn't take fiat money, but we had implementations through processors that were able to, you know, credit card and fiat that they could exchange to Bitcoin and send to us minus the fee that that processor charged. Got it. But in the account, it still um, showed up as a thousand euros, right? Exactly. When you send Bitcoin in the 1000 euro value, we fix it at that 1000 euro value. So we didn't hold euro, but this was our go to stable um, value, which we were begging against because we knew if we were doing it against Bitcoin and we exchanged Bitcoin to coins, you know, it would be gambling, essentially. True, true. Okay, so what then happened with those 1000 euros in Bitcoin, for example? These coins were exchanged to our coins, which was like about 15 different coins that we had in the spectrum. The biggest one is Sapphire, which is the mm -hmm. most famous one that we had Peony for agricultural and projects. Then we had Azure for hotel and rentals, different coins like this. And we had our own key, which I don't change, which kept evolving and changing all the time. And we um, exchanged for different parts into these coins and started masternoding them. And masternoding is essentially setting servers, locking coins up and generating new coins while populating the ecosystem and encouraging growth, more people using the coins so that the coin value would stay stable at least while we generate more coins or even appreciate like Sapphire did. So at some point on our best days, the biggest one was and still is Sapphire. And we had a market capitalization of about almost 1 billion. It was really high, like 950 million at its highest state. But this is also then when we grew thin, probably we overdid it. Right now, yeah, this is the the sad state of affairs at the moment. It was much lower, to be fair, as well. It recovered some ground as we start engaging with the community and people understand. But what happened was that heavy, heavy sales pressure in the hundreds of millions was on the coin, selling down. We assumed it was a coordinated attack because the selling was like in many hits and it was not gradual selling. When you want to make profits, you sell coins gradually to the market because you await demand and you sell them down. And there were like heavy dumpings that we couldn't count on the long run. And so we needed the coin. So the coin fell down into lower areas and which in turn made for us exchanging from that coin to Bitcoin a bad deal which we still needed to do to pay out our participants. And this was then the, the downfall, so to speak. Got it. So I think, so, so, the, so all the yield was generated with your 15 coins with masternoding staking and the, one of the most popular one was, was Sapphire. Is, is that correct? Correct. At the beginning, we used other coins like the, in the first year, but then we started acquiring projects and in, investing also in traffic websites and building our own decenomy portal, which the idea always was to go to stable assets in the future. But to me, and this is what I think was one of our faults, is we were just too slow in executing this vision because we had a lot of partnerships placed already. We had a lot of coins, own coins, not tokens, but blockchains. We have a regulated exchange under our umbrella. We have partnerships with other exchanges. And to my if I could turn back time and, you know, hindsight is always a good, a good advisor. What we could have done in hindsight would have been to lower the percentage, first of all, to build um, on the use cases faster, not only the agreements with the governments, but really to iron out these use cases. But bureaucracy is unfortunately extremely slow. So everything went like in molasses 
and it was just too slow and this is then what happened. So let's let's talk for example about about Sapphire. I, I really don't so this is an own blockchain or is that just a a, a token on top of Ethereum, for example? Or how, it's, how it's does it work? It's an own blockchain, completely own blockchain. Okay. custom. And what's the what's the purpose of, of this of this blockchain? Why should it exist? Sapphire, Sapphire was intended to be a consumer coin at the beginning, but now in the Decenomy network it's probably going our to be our go-to coin for liquidity, for the metric, for the full ecosystem. To balance out against with the other coins so while the different it, it depends now because we are talking what we ask the community is for one year as you know like the term is like give us one year to set up the Senomi and to get everything right and since we have 15 coins what is going to happen is some of those will be probably merged and with merging you take two coins take the best of them and the communities and build them into a stronger coin and some of them will stay most of them will stay and it depends then on the specifications of what the Senomi needs in this economy-free, in this borderless economy zone, on how the coins will interact with each other. So I don't want to give any details on that out yet, because this is work for economists and for us to go in detail how it will exactly work. And so I better... So is it, is, it a, is it a kind of a payment? Is it meant as a payment coin for the, for the flow of the... Of the... For the yields of the real assets um so is is it like a, a it, it, it would be yes it would be then coming to be used for payments and, and why then why then don't you why not use i don't know um bitcoin lightning network or something else so so what's the what's the purpose of of having an own blockchain as a as a payment uh, network because once we can adapt this to our needs we will need to make it like smart contract workable we have our own um programming team in portugal so we can cut this to our own need and also make it masternode and stakeable because the masternoding and staking will be ongoing and the coins supply and demand will regulate itself in the Decenomy network. And for this, we need to be able to hit as many parameters as possible to program them instead of using some outside technology. Also, since we need to adapt this from masternoding and staking, probably the, you know, the Bitcoin Lightning wouldn't have been the, the choice because that is not... Like of course, it doesn't exactly, but but that's I think there. that's that's the problem. And and if you, for example, would use Ethereum staking, I think then the regular rate is like five percent APR per year. So exactly. so the question it is wouldn't. exactly so so that wouldn't work. But but it can only work. And let's have a look at the rewards breakdown here from your uh, GitHub. It has a really high inflation. So the block rewards were. Um, growing uh, constantly to uh, 1,000 um, uh, coins per block, and then they were decreasing to 400, and then from block 1,200,000, they went again up to 800 per block. So you have a really high inflation rate, and the and the I think the the assumption behind your business model, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you try to keep the the coin value stable. But how can you get uh, gain? Uh, how can you achieve a stable coin value if you are inflating so much? So basically, the yield is coming from inflation, but it's not coming from real yield. And I think in the whole that DeFi problem, space, exactly. in the whole DeFi space, I think that's the challenge. I think of the whole DeFi space and other projects I talk about. I talk about DeFi chain a lot. That's the same thing, of course. It's a lot. Most of the of the yield is coming from inflation, and um, I think that's really the problem. And that may be the the reason why why this all came. Uh, came crumbling down because, um, of course, if you have so much inflation, then you have people that have a lot of coins. And then if some people start selling, then you have this negative cascade effect. 
So do, do you want to keep this this high inflation or or how do you think this is about going to the be, the, like the coin metrics need to be definitely reevaluated and need to be changed. What we are also thinking is we need to see that then with the community burning of coins because we have the, the capabilities to do so, you know, to burn coins away. And the most important part is also which which is happening is like all these coins. I always like to take like Shiba Inu as an example. For example, these are all useless coins in a sense that they're only there for gambling purposes. When like Elon Twitters, I like Dogecoin, for example, it goes up 30%. We are talking millions, billions in value. And if he had makes a set Doge face or whatever, it's falling down to the ground. And also here, the problem was we were doing well and we were generating quite some value up because going to 900 million or 950 was quite a feat, I believe. As but long who as was, people who, who, believe... was, who, who was who was buying these coins? I mean, you you had to, of course, to to pay out these rewards. You have to you have to sell the the generated coins from from the block rewards from the staking, right? Yeah. That's the that's the that's the yield in the end. And if somebody then wants to cash out, then you of course have to sell these coins back to Bitcoin that's and true. then and then cash out. So, so who we was... also educated our people. We have a page. It's called knowledgebase at yieldnotes.com where we teach people how to stake and masternode and mm -hmm. lock up coins themselves. And we wanted to instill the belief that as long as people, you know, when you are make, making some gains and you sell those gains, it's perfectly fine. But if you lock up in your own nodes, in your own masternoding, and you understand the system that the value comes from you holding it, we wanted to teach that to people. And this was probably in part also part of the success we had in-depth you can still go there it's called knowledgebase.yieldnotes.com yes and you see here we have how the Senomi works and how yield notes works how to set up the risk disclaimers how to work with the coins some in-depth tutorials videos articles a lot of content from yield noters for yield noters and at the beginning, this helped a lot because like people started to understand the system and we think knowledge is king. So we wanted to place this as a side to yield notes so that people also understand what we are doing here. So basically, so basically no one was selling. If you look at the all time chart, then it basically very little people were selling and the belief up, was very, high. Very little think... Okay, belief was high, very little people. But you have to assume, I think, at one point that if you pump so many coins into into the world that at one point, of course, people want to want to cash out, right? So, so that, that is true, yeah. Yeah. And, so, and so the I point think, was I think for us yeah. exactly to to come to that point when mm. we underlie this economy with the real assets, like when the value is going to be packed and the liquidity will be there. For instance, if I bring in mm. my rental business and I transact over the coins, the liquidity will be much much higher. It will be easier to sell and buy. And the more assets you bring. Like it's a different thinking. It's like when people buy um, the euro, they don't own the euro. It's the same when people invest in the cinema and the assets, they don't own the assets, but they know that underlying under all these coins is a huge economy that is producing goods, that is giving rentals, that is generating merchandise. It's like sort of counter to DeFi, where DeFi is heaving onto protocol and online everything that was in the financial world. We are trying to go the other route and say we want to pack real value to those coins. And this is what should have happened like maybe a year ago. Now that now it's easy to predict the time. It should have happened right before the crash. So that yeah, of course. 
Bitcoin. Yeah, so, so the problem, so the problem basically was that people were were holding, and people thought that the value was stable. And of course, then some large parties or a combination or parties in, in unison started selling. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How many coins? How many coins are are there in circulation? Is that roughly right? Roughly nine hundred million, or roughly one I billion? I wouldn't know it out out of my mind. You know, okay. who's is the technician here. I'm the okay, got it. The marketing man. So. That would need to be clarified, Got but it. we need to adjust. There needs to be some severe adjusting going on in all the coins. But thankfully, as we have our own programming team in, in Portugal, who, and these coins are all ours and native, we have a lot of um, controlling power to, to strengthen and see. And what we do is also we get a proper economist on board because like, I don't know if you're um, familiar with the theories of Milton Friedman of how he manages the theory of monetarism and how it works. So these are the core principles yeah. of us, of our business. And this is how we want to do it. <coughs> so if I can talk a little bit, if you give me the chance to talk where we are going now. Of course. Would, would, would be nice. Or oh, you have any more questions? Yes, I have, I, have, I, have plenty, so. I have plenty. I have plenty more questions, and we, we, then let's do your questions first, and then exactly. We... Then then we can then we can go through, and I, I will talk about the I will talk about the future. So basically, just to to wrap up. So I pay in Bitcoin, for example, one thousand euros. These one thousand dollar euros were converted to your coins, mainly Sapphire. It generated a lot of lot of yield uh, with inflation, and then whenever I wanted to. Uh, withdraw something you would have to sell of course these rewards and then that was my reward so basically the the whole thing was was based on on the on the on the inflation rate and i get it that's the that's the basis of, of all DeFi. so nothing nothing wrong with that but the only the, the basis thing... and also the crooks right it's also the exactly exactly but the point. only the, the only question i really have is again why should sapphire exist in the first place and why should it hold value because if you compare it if you say that Sapphire is better than holding fiat, um, then I'm not so sure because you inflate Sapphire so much and it's such a small project and it can be so, so volatile. That's personally, um, just my personal opinion, not to bash, but I, I would be no, I much, much, much happier with holding euros than holding Sapphire. So the question is... Me, me too, and probably a lot of our partners as well right now. But the thing is, it grew very fast, also the, its own... Um, growth because you know there was a lot of money coming in and we uh, placed it in all the coins and the economy and the economic idea of pegging the assets of the same value or higher behind the coin was always there from the beginning we have an interview from very early to prove that but I said my to me our mistake was to not move quickly enough to 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 go in hand in hand with the growth that Sapphire was this is to me is is one of the biggest issues because which I also understand in, in the sense when Urs was managing the coins that when it kept going upwards and upwards and it keeps going and there's no problems and you invest money and stuff that you start maybe getting a little bit complacent I'm, I'm not sure and I don't want to insinuate anything here because he did the best that he could the only thing more speed would have been my solution but it's easier said than done as you know because real world and crypto is still so far apart and to bring those together now we have this own timeline of one year where we need to work like machines to bring back the coins and to make this like a success story hopefully 
So, so who is responsible for the whole tokenomics and managing the coins? That's that's Urs, your your co-founder. That is Urs, yes. Okay. I am the the marketing guy. I do the marketing, the videos, the you know all Got all it. all the, the works around it. So, so let's talk about you. You say that you want to pack, um, for example, the the sapphire coins. You want to pack that to the real economy. And um, as I understood it, I, I watched um, uh, one of your recent interviews and I, I read the, the email that you sent out, I think, a couple of days ago. Let's um, bring that up on the screen. I have that here. Um, okay, that's, that's here. I, I don't know whether yeah. people can, can read it, but that's the email and where you say uh, then later in the email, you basically say that, for instance... Um, you want to bring your rental network, your real estate network that is worth yes. roughly uh, 6 million euros. You want to bring that into the system and you have other people that are uh, pledging assets worth roughly 200 to 300 million. Of course, that's not guaranteed, but a, a large uh, part of assets. And what I understood first, I thought that your announcement was, and I completely misunderstood that, um, because I wasn't that deep, I understood that you are now taking all of those assets from people um, from people's deposits, and you will start buying um, uh, these photovoltaic oh, power no. plants, etc. That's, that's absolutely that's not, not. All, exactly. all that's, the assets that's, that's, are that's master loading right. and saying we would never never take any any money that is not ours to buy assets. This is like I I'm fully committed to this project, and I said that many times that as soon as the Senomi stands and works, even in the beta phase, everything that I have ever made in my life, which is like the hotel business and the rental business, I will put on chain, so to speak. This doesn't mean I have to lose it, and also for the partners. But we want to transact all the transactions, everything that is coming out of it, inside the Senomi network, meaning. For example, if I have the rental business and people start paying with Sapphire, we will accept Sapphire. I can hold them Sapphire or I can sell it again against yours, but I want to go over that. Also, the advantages, it will have certain advantages. For example, if a company is working in an ecological good way, it will generate a special kind of token that then can be sold. You know, there are different metrics. It's highly complex. I don't want to go into details because I'm not the right guy for that talk. But what I know is the more assets you bring into a network and there's network transact over uh, this network transact over the coins, there will be a lot of liquidity and a lot of interest. Because, for instance, let's say you see that more and more assets are coming into an economic space. You will see that the coins start evaluating and growing and appreciating probably in tandem with, with that process. Because the more assets come, the more the underlying layer is backed. So it makes, for instance, sense to hold even Sapphire, Masternode, or stake it because on the long run, you see a growing, maybe a little bit slow, but a growing appreciation of that coin, if that makes sense. So, so let's, let's just try, try to understand. So, so we, we said before, and I don't know whether you agreed, but I would rather, so if I would have a rental business, so, so let's, let's first of all, so this won't be backed by these assets, right? So I cannot take, I don't know, 1 million sapphires and then redeem it for part of your rental properties, right? That's not how, this how is, backing oh, works. Again, right? this is a very deep question. And the, the problem is I don't know the answer to that yet. 
because, because else it would be also because we also want to do like you know lending loaning on assets everything running over those protocols so if i give you a definite answer now and it's not happening then it's all planned but it's, but that it's would very... basically be that, that you would basically give give away your rental network and and no 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 rational owner of of things would would basically give give away his his stuff so what I, I could take for was... example a loan on it i could take a loan on it in okay. sapphire and use okay. the sapphire then to to work you know to do something to to buy goods to exchange it will be like a huge map for example for rental we envision a huge map but people can essentially just click a house they will be able to rent it buy it all on chain we are all all wanting to simplify this down dumping it down for, to the simplest of elements so that everyone can use it in a transparent manner and this is then where the coins are getting the value of course inflation needs to be crushed and of course coins will need to be burned and everything needs to be adjusted with matrix especially how the coins interact with each other you know taxes can be paid um there's a ton of possibilities. There will be also a lot of API potential, you know, where people can connect their own applications and work inside the Decenomy network. And this is then where the value is going to come from, from our perspective. But basically the idea, the first idea is that you will bring, for example, your rental network and um, uh, this, this other partner will bring uh, these other assets. And then basically the idea is that, for example, your tenants will pay you in sapphire or will pay you in whatever fiat you want to use the credit card but it's exchanging in sapphire you it's know, exchanging in sapphire so, so basically the, the client will not know that he's paying in sapphire but exactly. he's essentially using credit card doing his usual business and we are going to get sapphire for it and then so, so now, so, so now the is, yeah, exactly so now the question is are you confident to collect all of your uh, tenants, all of your rent, basically in Sapphire and hold it. Because if you just collect it in, if you collect it in US dollars, turn it into Sapphire and then turn your Sapphire to euros or Bitcoin, then basically it's a zero sum game, right? That doesn't bring anything to, to uh, Sapphire. So basically you would need to be confident enough to get all of your rent and this other company with, with these photovoltaic um, plants etc would need to be confident to get all of their revenue or part or whatever in in sapphire and then basically hold it and and that's i think the problem because right now you you said it um the the inflation is super high so so basically why not why then not exchange it to bitcoin where you know the value is there it's rare it's it's growing um so so why should somebody hold sapphire and not exchange it to bitcoin for example if they want to be on on blockchain because we will need to, as I said, we need to readjust all the metrics once the, everything is in the system and it goes together hand in hand. As I said, the inflation will need to be um, shut down to mm -hmm. a minimum. Probably only this only makes sense in an economic space. But also because if we control the coins and this coin is in our own system, let's say I'm using uh, Azure. Azure will be our real estate uh, rental coin. And the coin is quite small in size. And there will be more property coming. Let's say the system, we do a small test. I'm collecting Azure. I exchange it out to Euro. And I, I took Euro. I got Euro. But it worked over Azure, like a bridge. But if more and more assets are coming in, people start putting the belief onto the Azure network. First of all, it's small. It's not Bitcoin gigantic, where you can influence the price. It's a small coin. And it's going to grow because they're seeing 
okay, people are getting, there will be added benefits. I just, they will be outlined in the paper. There are some more benefits when you're going on decenomy versus renting out normally, you should have more benefits in the decenomy border zone. So we have co uh, constructed a few benefits that are written in the light paper that I just don't know out of my mind right now in this interview. But if you then see that on the assets page or on the on the rental page that more and more properties are joining this this system and either just using it as a bridge or some of them will hold the more people start holding the more the coin is going to be um appreciating but it will not be prone to these speculations of like oh no yesterday you know posted it's it's bad it's gonna fall down because they see the assets are still there the assets determine then to some degree, not 100%, there's still, you know, some some wobbling, but the assets will determine the value of the coin because the more assets come in, the more you perceive also that growth that is happening. And the more Azure will get liquidity from trading, the more the Azure needs to be bought to transact. And this is then where the appreciation is coming from and where staking and master noting still can make a good impact. But isn't, isn't, isn't that then, isn't, doesn't that create the same problem as, as we have now? So let's say that you bring your rental properties and you um, uh, yeah, take, take the payments in, in Azure or, or Sapphire or, or whatever coin and then others come in. So you basically create buy pressure and then it works as long as those people are holding. But at one point you have a billion coins of whatever. And of course, you want to cash it out at one point, and then if somebody if you, starts if you, cashing if you it out, it like it's... This, but at that point, Nemo, you should also have like a billion more in assets because the asset growth needs to match the coin growth, else it will regulate itself. You know, even if coins get sold down, they will not be dumped from 100% to like zero percent. It will dumps will inevitably happen. This is has to do with the mindset, maybe. And and, and, and you can person. and you can and you can decide at any point, right, to stop. To, to go back to, to US dollars or to, to Bitcoin, right? Exactly, so you, can, you can exchange out. We have a regulated exchange over which we are constructing the payment gateway and the payment interface. But this is just one example because it goes much deeper than that. You know, it's not only the payments that are gonna flow, like the energy itself that you can buy from solar plants and stuff, the benefits they're gonna get. You can get, um, how is it called, not loan, since, what, what mm -hmm. is this? Uh, inter interest, yeah. In interest on your, you can construct very interesting systems, you know, you can have other people partake in your operation, you know, if they devote a certain amount of coins, you can share then the returns. There will be a lot of play here where you can make like a gigantic cut of um, risk, except that you can then, you know, do everything you do on that card. It's not a game, but it's like real life action that you're taking. You can take Share someone is selling something, you can buy it with your coins, you can move it around. There would be a lot of it's it's highly complicated that, that I can promise you. It's gonna be also for one year. We need a lot of programmers to make things happen. So it's a big vision. It's gonna come gradually. There will be the beta test first. And yeah. But it will depend on basically it will depend on really create value in the in the tokens themselves right so they will have exactly. to have stable exactly. tokenomics and people will have to have real trust in the tokens that it's not just another not a pump and dump in the in the in the bad sense but like now that if you are pumping so many coins with inflation and uh, it doesn't matter whether the buying pressure comes from people putting money into yield notes at deposits in in bitcoin or whether they are putting money from rental revenue 
But at one point, um, if they don't really believe in the long term, they will sell, right? So I think your challenge will and be... And I believe that exactly that happened in the moment, you know, when moment X, when, when the coins lost so much value overnight, that a few cascading effect, you know, a huge seller sold and then it had a cascading effect down. Exactly. So, so you believe you will be able to create a coin like that has a a trust and the and the value that is like comparable to ethereum or bitcoin where people i would be confident to put like a significant part of my net worth into bitcoin for 10 years for 20 years and be reasonably sure that it will it will not go to zero of course it exactly. can always go to, it can always go to zero but i think you would need to create something similar with with your coins right and so we need so to work on the economy we need to bring in more and more economy because as long as real economy with real goods and real um, assets is joining this as long as people see that this economic space is growing and becoming more intertwined with all the craziest creations of how to work together like this free borderless economic zone then no one in their right mind, even if he's a footer, would try to crush a coin down because other people say, look, underlying is this and this value here and this and this is happening on chain. So this is different than just believing, just believing in something and buying it when there is value backing it. But what happens in the next bear market? So let's say in 2026 or whenever after the next bull market, there will be an, another huge bear market. Bitcoin drops again. 70, 80% altcoins drop 99% as they have. So, so um, why shouldn't people panic then? And, and uh, uh, then it, it might come crumbling down or why shouldn't, uh, yeah, basically, um, how can you um, withstand like attacks? What if somebody just comes and, and, and shorts you in a big coordinated attack? Um, I think that's that's really that's really a challenge. How to make how to make this resilient? Because the next bear market will come. The next yeah, macro problems will come. So, but so I think we would be way more works. resilient to that. I honestly think because of the economy behind it, the economy is still producing goods. The economy is still renting out. So even if the prices fall and let's say a renter pays the same price for the room, but gets like now five thousand um, coins of of um, what was it? Azure, for example. Still, this will regulate itself. There will be a natural regulation happening inside the system. So maybe there will be more coins produced, but there will be also more buyers or the same amount of buyers and coins thrown on the system. So people get more coins to balance this out. It is a very complex system that has a lot of moving levers that need to be adjusted. So at the beginning, I foresee a lot of problems. But the other side is, if we can make this work, there will be a lot of value in the system. And those and those um, companies, or for example, your rental properties. So, um, will you contractually be obligated or go into an obligation that you will um, use those coins for for the rentals? Or exactly can, for, for or, a given amount of time, we will probably offer different contracts based on the interest. Maybe like you try it for one, three, or five years, and there will be also benefits coming. For instance, like. We will manage the market, we will see what coins we have and stuff, and then explain the system also all the ins and outs, how you can profit from it, how you can. We will bring, for example, if it's a rental owner, we will bring him together with other rental owners who are already in the system, and they will form a community. They can exchange what worked best for them. So it's also like a business community where people can learn from others. I have this hotel, you have this hotel there, how is it going for you? 
for me and this and this, this coin worked best and this benefits here. And, and so you start teaching each other what is going to be best. And this community forming will be forming a strong bond. So people are also going to, at some point, at the beginning, there will be skepticism a lot because it's a completely different way of thinking. You need to think upside down, kind of. You know, it's completely different from DeFi because it's not... Yeah, but it's also, it's also not so complicated. I, I like to keep things simple. I mean, in the end, it's you are accepting the revenue from your business and exchanging it into a small coin and holding it. I think and, and staking it and and well, uh, not holding it. Getting, you know, you're getting, free getting, to do as you Exactly. But if you but if you exchange it um, immediately back into Bitcoin or or fiat, then it doesn't have any any then it doesn't bring any any value right to the to the coin itself. Then it's just in, in and out. You have a buying pressure, then you have selling pressure, and it evens itself out. So the question for me is, if I would own a business or if I would own this, this rental properties, six million worth, um, why in the next bear market, um, why shouldn't I just, so, so I would get scared, right? So if it goes up, of course, everything works until it doesn't. So if all goes up, coin values go up, then of course, I feel like a genius, right? I mean, I could earn maybe um, more money, of course, because the coins appreciate. But what if we have another bear market and the coins, altcoins, go down ninety percent? It's 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 almost a, a natural law of of uh, of, of. But crypto. when I'm then when I'm taking then the rental payment according to the euro and the conversion, I will get more. You coins. will get ten. You will get ten times more exactly. But but. Yeah. Um, but then I would be scared um, that it goes to zero. And what if, if then people start withdrawing their properties from the network and, and say, hey, I, I'm much sure in, in Bitcoin or, or uh, fiat or whatever. So, so I think that's, that's uh, that because could be a reason to panic. But don't forget, they can still, you know, just use it as a gateway through and not lose anything. So they could always switch and say, you know, we're sure. not going to use now and just go through the gateway. If you, if, and... if you have enough, if you have enough liquidity. And I think the problem now with, with Sapphire is that you said you had millions in liquidity every day and it worked. And suddenly then the liquidity, of course, dried up. So so yeah, I think that would... was it's crazy how you're right. It's crazy how sentiment shifts. You know, you're feeling on top of the world. You have we had at, at a, a given point of time we had eight million a day in liquidity, and it was easy to exchange for BTC and pay pay the. But that would be but that would be the worst case. Let's say that you have employees and uh, you are taking the payments in in Sapphire or Azure, and then um, of course uh, you need to pay your employees, so you want to cash out part of it, and then what if? you can't so so i think that's a huge risk for businesses to come on yeah. and i think they would need to um there would need to be a really high risk premium for that because it's for me it's not the same risk as accepting fiat and turning it to to bitcoin or turning it to ethereum maybe more risk but if i turn it into a small altcoin then um the risk is really huge i i never know whether i will get out again and so, so I think that's that's that may be that may be a, a weak point. I think yeah, of, we, of it can be system. a risk factor. But if we build a network of big sites already at the start, like we have, say we have liabilities of two hundred million, and we are bringing in an asset pool of five hundred million underlying it, we have we are very very confident that this will boost coin value at least from from. It's a, a simple thing. What is better, the belief or value? So. It's it's like that, you oh, know. It's, it's, maybe it's maybe the value it, belief is also not a complete solution. It could be, yes. you know. It depends. It certainly, how it it certainly brings it certainly brings value.
But I, I just ask myself as a business owner, why should I join the network? So I, I totally respect that somebody with assets of, of hundreds of millions or you with assets of six million are able or, or are willing to risk your revenue stream to get an altcoin. It's totally, um, I totally respect that, but, but why should more people do that? Because it's, it's again, I, I think it's a, it's a huge risk. And uh, again, also I think- also one of the points that really needs to be ironed out, Remo, because exactly. there, be, like, exactly. there are a few benefits to it. Because, like, in, be because, in the end, because in the end, those asset holders actually might then um, be the ones that, that keep holding the bag, right? Because the people that are now, let's say that it works. Let's say that you bring in whatever hundreds of millions in assets and they produce whatever, um, let's say 10% uh, of the asset value in revenues. So you will have like revenues of 50 million that then are basically buying pressure for your altcoins, 50 million. And then basically all of the people that um, have now been in yield nodes can basically dump their coins then once they reach par value. And then the ones that brought in the assets and, and bought basically those coins are then holding the bags, right? So I think it's a it's a broader question of uh, where, how could they then sell and whom would they sell it for? So so again, I think it all comes down to um, really building up real value um, for your coins, right? So so it really needs to have a it it really and needs also to have ben a, benefits exactly. like some exactly. benefits okay. that that are better. Then there need to be benefits to bringing your assets into and working over this borderless economic zone compared to just having the assets outside. Right now, we have a lot of interest because we have the investors, mainly a lot of people gave us offers and said, I have this and this, please include me because I will build a nice collage for the website that I see the offers that are coming in. But of course, no one knows in detail yet how this works. And to work this detail out, this is what we need a year for. This is to work everything out, how to attract big businesses, how they get how we can de-risk them so that their risk is much lower and the upside much higher. Okay, the upside can be quite high, as I said, in a bull market, of it course. can be a huge upside, but in a bear market, the risk is definitely there and there need to be some security nets underneath it that gives them ways you know, to manage the risk for part participating in this new way because else there's been much lower fees, You know, there will be no notaries required. There's a lot of savings also when going online. When you take loans, a few mouse clicks, everything should be as easy as possible. But it's also a, a hard thing to negotiate with governments You know, to start this out. So we have thankfully the South Omea agreement where we can do as we please, sounds a little bit over the top, but where we can start, You know, where we can build it into their constitution that everything should work with coins and that we can build out the beta. But still, you know, for, for bigger places, a lot of a lot of um, negotiating is in order and a lot of dealing with people, officials, and they tend to be slow on that. So this is also one of the concerns that things might go a little bit on the slow side. But time is, as, as a tech company, time is never on your side, you know. It's always, you're always running against the clock. You need to have the first mover advantage. You need to be working. And yeah. So when will you start onboarding your first, uh, your first partners or wh when will you bring your rental network, for example, into the network and start accepting payments in, in, in coins? When will that happen? 
according to the roadmap, first of all, we are going to offer this marketplace so we get the unhappy people out and still offer a way, you know, to transact until everything is ready. People can sell their shares, buy their shares. This is ongoing until we launch the NFT. Then comes an NFT, which is going to be um, working like a certificate, which is going to assess the value that you have. And you can then freely trade that as an NFT on OpenSea. But it's not pegged yet to value, so it's not going to give any perks except the promise of the future being that that value this is happening in month five or six i believe i would need to look at the roadmap and when it's really going to be you know um uh exchangeable for for the for the value in the assets then it's going to happen in the last quarter of 2023 tentatively when, when so so why 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 nfts in the first place so you have those fifty thousand people that put in hundreds of millions and then why not so if you believe that the whole um uh yeah buying pressure that you will create with the with the rental properties and the other assets that will keep buying those those altcoins then basically the old yield notes should roughly work better than it than it worked now right so why not why not keep it why not keep it the same way why exchange all of the deposits into into an nft because we want to give people control we want to give people more and more decentralized way to move their assets you know to store them where they want it to be to be their own owners on the asset until everything is ready this is the mostly the the, the idea behind it that they are not feeling because so when we hold the control and when we hold the members area and stuff it's all very different and we lost a lot of trust, even though through the three years we worked quite okay until the downfall happened. And so we want to give them this way to trade, to maybe find someone, you know, they can exchange the assets against them. Plus it will be like working like a certificate. So then they can exchange it when the moment is right for the stake that they will be having in the Senomi then. Okay, so, so let's say somebody... Um invested 10,000 euros into the old uh, yield notes. So so um, how will it then, how will the transition to the NFT work e exactly? And, and let's say that the buying pressure works again, your staking revenues work again, the yields are somewhat okay. Um, then where can I then withdraw my, my profits if, if I hold an NFT and how will that all work? We are going to either explore the option of paying out again in BTC in mm -hmm. a stable coin or potentially also fiat since we got the license in Georgia. So this will be definitely an option. Every decision that we make, this is all not yet ready and not set sure. in stone because sure. every decision that we are making now, you know, the crash happened like 25, 30 days ago. So we were scrambling. We were like moving very fast. We needed to get all the thoughts together, a quick light paper out, and now we are working. And everything that we want to do is to put the investor and participant first, to get him his money back as quickly as possible so that he's riding on house money, so to speak. This is our first goal. So how this will come out is not 100% clear yet. So it's, the NFT is only a certificate for now, but we are also going to pay if we can via BTC, via the stablecoin, or even, even though we are not liking fiat so much, but we want to offer, offer whatever option we can. So this is all in talks right now, and we're going to see the definitive answer is going to come a little bit later down the road. 
Yeah, so, so let's go back to, the, to our example of, of 1,000 euros. So basically the 1,000 euros came in in Bitcoin, were exchanged to, for example, Sapphire, are now um, generating yield with, with uh, masternoding and staking. That's ongoing. So basically the number of coins is increasing, right? And um, so is it correct that all of the deposits of all 50,000 people are now held in your 15 altcoins? Is, is that right? This is right, yeah. Okay. So basically, um, yeah, so basically the, the challenge now is to, to create buy pressure, to create Relative value, of course, to bring the value back. And then once the value, um, let's assume that you would, you, could, you would be able to bring back the value to where it was before, to, to par, um, would then people be able to withdraw their thousand uh, euros back? Of course. You understand, like, we collected money, the pressure on us is very high, of course. And we want to do the right thing. We just cannot. We need to always look for a holistic approach. You know, there are certain parties that say, I want my money right now. I want to be paid. I don't care about the other people. And this is not something that we can do, first of all, because we would make ourselves liable, you know, to preferring somebody over someone else. But also because we want to have everyone um, made whole, that every, everyone got gets his money and the, and the profits and then can decide, you know, to keep going with the Senomi or wanting out. And that's why I also advocate, honestly, to not sell right away in the most dire of situations right now, just because you want 10% of your... You will make another person probably very happy if the project materializes, but I su just suggest waiting and seeing... And of course, you would, you, would crash, you would crash the price to zero, right? If you would now... Try to pay out um, yeah. is, hundreds, hundreds of millions. At, people don't it, understand. People see oh, the price and they say, "Okay, exactly. sell at that price and goodies." But if the price is not the the determinating factor, the determinating factor is the liquidity. There exactly. Needs to be a lot exactly. of liquidity. Else, there can be. If one guy is willing to buy suffer for one hundred euro and the next one is buying for zero point zero one cents, so you can sell one suffer for one hundred euro and the rest is on the ground. You see. The volume, to be fair, already went up quite nicely compared to when we announced it, because then it was like 5,000 to 10,000 euros. So 300K is already quite okay. Yeah, but still, you, you couldn't you, you couldn't uh, sell millions. Um, or, no, no or not a chance. No, it couldn't no, sell 300K. Exactly. No. exactly, exactly. Not a chance. So, and, I think, and I think that's really that's really what I want to achieve with my channel and with this interview. I think most people were just blinded by the returns. They didn't understand where the returns really come from, what the risks are. And of course, you had your terms of service. I'm sure that you revoked all, all liabilities and things like that. So I think... Um, of course, but we still, Remo, and we, which I want to point out, we, our lawyers, we had a bulletproof lawyer contract to check everything. So legally, we are not liable because on a bank run, no one is liable. But we have morally and, and ethically, and we want to make this work, you know. This is why we are coming in with all our assets and everything, because this is what we worked on for three years. And it's not like, you know, you can put that aside. And if you are kind of an empathic person, you feel for everyone that has lost money and you want to make things right. And all we ask is for those that are not understanding and overcommitted, a little bit of patience so that they can see that we're moving in the right direction. And if you're not happy, then the marketplace will be more populated. It will become more active as people buy and sell and see something is going on, at least. And some people wanting to give us the benefit of the doubt. So just a little bit of patience, please.
Absolutely, but, but people, I, I think people would have really needed to understand, again, where the yield comes from, that it comes from inflation, where the risk is. Um, uh, I think that's true for all of DeFi, so, so it's totally not like something no, special, special to you. But I think that's really important. Don't get blinded by high returns. And of course, um, for you as well, I mean, it's a little bit, I don't want to be harsh, but a little bit of fake it until you make it because it works in a good market. But of course, this, is, this is the problem, which, which also was exactly. This, exactly. this system works until it doesn't. I could exactly. not, for example, when the moment I would waver in my presentation, people told me, why is it so abrupt? Why did it happen so suddenly? I could not. I need to walk on a tightrope. I need to balance good with the bad. Like I can talk factually. I can say what we are doing, what we're implementing, updating, and that's it. I cannot say, oh, we're doing very good. Or it's going very shitty because people ask me, why didn't you warn me? So if I would have said, yeah, things here at Yilnos, they're not looking so good because the volume is slowly dwindling. The next days, uh, Safa would have been half the value or lower because people would have sold in panic, devaluating the investor's money and it would have been on me. So this is why I'm also telling everyone we had the risk disclaimer. We had a risk assessment that I was pushing in every email. I tried to be as ethical as I could, honestly, and maybe I should have done more. Maybe I should have warned even more. But yeah, I think that's that's, that's, a, that's a problem side, because you know? because it's been going up and it looked good. I mean, the returns were there five to ten percent per month. I mean, that's absolutely mind-boggling. And of course, people get addicted to that. I mean, it's 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 the dopamine cycle. I I totally get that. Us, and us too, you know, it's easy to get get leaned into that when you see the numbers on the audit and you see everything is going up. Exactly, exactly. But, but exactly. But what I really try to advocate is it's totally okay to invest into such risky, um, risky situations, but you have to be aware that it's really, really risky. You have been investing in, in altcoins that are super um, inflationary. And of course, it's okay to put one or 2% of your net worth maybe into, into such a high yield opportunity. But I think there have been people that thought, oh, my account shows euros, so it seems stable. Um, I get my rewards. Of course, I'm not cashing them out because I want to compound them. So, so basically, no one or, or very little people were, were cashing out. And of course, it's just too good to be true or, or just it feels really, really good to, to get those rewards every month. I totally get that from a psychological perspective. But I really believe that people should never invest money into such opportunities or generally into crypto that they really need. Um, um, uh, they it's shouldn't maybe, invest. Yeah. They shouldn't invest money um, that they take from like loans or credit card debt or, or things like that. And I really feel sad for people that invested like tens of thousands and maybe really need uh, this money. And I really think it's not just all on you. I mean, everyone has his own responsibility to to really do the due diligence and see where the rewards are coming I from. I know, but it's and, easier, and not, you know. You, it's time, very hard. Remo, to, to, to blame the person in the mirror, you know, there's always when something goes wrong, there needs to be found someone who can be the culprit and you need to point the finger because talking to course. yourself, you know, taking yourself to responsibility is just, it, it's hard and, and it's understandably hard. So I do it understand. It is hard and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you are not co-responsible. I mean, you created the service, you made the claims and of it course you you attracted people with those claims. So of course you are co-responsible and, and it's, but it's both ways. I, I would never say that you are completely responsible and everyone that invested is a victim. No, everyone made uh, their own decision. They could have done their due diligence. They could have um, adjusted their position size. 
and that's what I'm all about. So I really wanted to go deep today to really understand the business model. And I think one criticism that I have for you is that I would really try to keep it simple because right now you are starting to throw around like really complicated concepts like with, with um, NFTs and things like that. But in the end, it's, it's always you can break it down really simply. So basically, you are taking revenue from businesses and they are buying altcoins. Um, that's, that's really now the, the strategy for, for, for creating the buy pressure. And I think it's really complicated for people to understand because I think people don't even understand Bitcoin yet, like the, 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 the basics, like how does block creation work, etc. We really have a lot of education to do. So, so I would just suggest to you, try to keep it as simple as possible and not make it complicated because people, people just get confused and they think, oh, wow, NFT and things like that. And it's really complicated. No, collecting money is not on my radar anymore, Primo, honestly. With, with that business, like, like, like collecting money for, for projects, this, is, this has been... So you won't accept new. So, so you won't accept new deposits in the in the future, or I, what's I will not. Done? I will no, never. Okay. The only okay. thing that we will allow people is to you know go in and out in an open peer-to-peer -peer marketplace. Uh, I'm not gonna look actively for more money anymore because I, I had my feel on that. Like I gladly support also the company, but if this would be asked of me, I would probably take a step back and work as a as a advisor or as a, as a marketing guy for a salary, but not kind of lead the company because I, I'm really not comfortable after this. It hit me mentally and morally a lot. And I got a lot of people, you know, that invested cancer, cancer treatment money. And, and I paid those privately. And I get a lot of people saying, because I said, if you're sending me your hospital bill and you're telling me, I can talk to the doctor and I can see that you really need this to, to survive. You know, we are not, we are all, empathic creatures and we want to help and so this is just you get so much hopelessness and so many people that put all your hopes on you and this is extreme pressure that didn't let me sleep the past night you, you see i'm kind of a little bit spent you know and so this is not an experience that i would like to to repeat so I so what's, the, what's, what's, what's... i'm not the kind of guy to to be like this and so Totally, totally understandable. So, so what's the company structure? So you co-founded this and you are the co-owner or, or what's I'm the co-owner with Urs, yes. With Urs, co-founded yeah. this together. Urs is the guy who makes the coins, the master noting, and I was essentially the marketer. And so we started when we were very little and did a few interviews and then everything kind of blew up overnight with the first YouTube interviews. This and it's a and it's a it's a private company. You have do you have some outside investors or or have you founded everything yourself? No, this is us. This is purely, purely is on us. It's a Hong Kong company, uh, Exceptional Media Ltd. in Hong Kong. And will you ha have you have you cashed out anything yet, or just from a personal? Profit I have cashed out a little bit, but also put a lot in Sapphire back in. To be honest, for example, last month, which a lot of people don't know, I put in a huge chunk because we had a temporary. Before you need to understand. Before, like it was. When Urs called me and said, you need to put a little bit of money here for the liquidity and afterwards you cash it out again, it works fine. It worked fine all the time. And last time it was, I put 2 million euros in Sapphire last month before the crash privately from my own funds against any of my wife's advices, as you can imagine. The wife is always right. <laughs> and yeah, it was at, I believe, 55 cent price. So, you know, this is just... But I could never sell. I could never sell any because if I would sell Sapphire, it would just 
you know, it would be also unethical. I'm not going to profit on. So, so how much of your own net worth, roughly, do you have in your in your own uh, altcoins? Um, I believe roughly thirty to thirty-five percent. Oh, wow. like definitely over over committed. Totally over committed. It was and, it and... was twenty-five percent, but I kept supporting the prices as well because we believe there would be a turnaround moment at some point. But then, that's why also we we integrated Sapphire into yield nodes because we thought give Sapphire more utility and people deposit yield nodes and lock it, it up there. But mm. it was already like inflation was out of hand, as I said, mm. Mm -hmm. and a lot of huge people were just just crashing on us, you know, completely. The mindset also changed like people nowadays when you look, people want to save people and this has shifted completely. People are not willing to invest and appreciate. You will see that in all sectors. So I don't want to blame the economy, but it had also a part in it. So did you do some kind of um, price stabilization or how did you keep the, the price yes, going, yes. going we, up? Yes, we, we stabilized. We stabilized like... Not, how, how, did you, not, how did you do that exactly? We used some Bitcoin and we, you know, stabilized prices. Or what we did was because we had 15 coins and we saw that someone was pumping the market up, we, we pushed it back down and used the excess to pump a coin that was in need to balance mm. things out. And this worked also. Ah, so you managed. Very, so, very so, well. so you so you managed it. You managed it actively. And where did you exactly. get those? Like, like you... a central bank, if you will. You know, like a central bank stabilizing its own coins was the goal. And where did you get those bitcoins to to start the stabilization? You said we you used you... our own. We used our own at the first. Okay. But then okay. you know, since we sold, we used the bitcoin and stabilized a little bit. So a little bit of the client's money was used to balance it. But it was only one two percent. You know, very ne neglectable sums of money that were used you know to stabilize the coins only that also in the end you could say have said if you would have kept more bitcoin you could have stabilized harder but then we would be in breach of agreements when we said we must know the coins you cannot yes. hold large amounts of bitcoin because then sure. the business would not be working so it's a very very and and how did how did your how did your treasury of the company look like? So the fifteen percent or the the twelve point five percent respectively that you made, um, in what currency did you make them? In in the altcoins or or and uh, in, in what currency we, we did, did you? We did it in Bitcoin. Them? We did it in Bitcoin. Okay. So we got paid. So you so you exchange you exchanged the, the altcoins Bitcoin, basically to, to mostly Bitcoin. Mostly Bitcoin, some Ethereum depends on preferred present. But we do have a lot of workers where the agreement was. But they were paid in half in Sapphire and half in Bitcoin. Got it. Got and it. The head programmer was also so deeply involved that he got paid exclusively in Sapphire. So basically, you made your you made your company revenue, you made your company profits, you you made them in, in Bitcoin and, and Ether and and things like that. Exactly. Okay. Got it. Got it. And then you had the reserves that you then could also use to could, could use to, to, to put in to uh, stabilize. Yeah, to this is why people it. people think now. Here they are, they sipping champagne in Monte Carlo or something, but it's not true because in such a project, you're all in, you know, you are committed with your own money because you want to see it work. It worked so many times before. Why in moment X at this thing, suddenly there's no, the buy pressure was always coming back, you know, when there was a spike, you could like, like, like you put a carrot on a stick and you lure something out. It was always, and this time you put a huge carrot on the stick and nothing came out of the rabbit hole. So, and you're like, God damn it! And and this this is it. We burnt a lot of money, and someone made a lot of money on the other side. 
So did you did you use up all of your company reserves or or how how is your cash position right now? Or do no, we do have company reserves, you know, to to transform because Mastodon and staking is ongoing. The servers are still sure. working, so we have our server farms. We disconnected everything from Hetzner and we put it on our own roof. We have our hubs, and we will keep going with the operations. And as you said, if the coin appreciates sooner than we envision with the enemy, then of course people get paid out sooner. This is at least there's no no question on that and whatever means we have because we also want to get rid of responsibility because it's a huge huge stone waiting on our shoulders but how, how did you came up with the with the idea in the first place is that your first uh, crypto company crypto wise um yes it's the first company i was doing affiliate marketing i was like you know working in forex doing affiliate pages mainly selling selling was my my thing building websites selling products Mm-hmm. selling always with the money back guarantee like you, you know how affiliate platforms work probably mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you offer mm-hmm. something and clients can always get their money back if they're unhappy so this is my career and i met us in malta when i was doing a few bitcoin atm machines and there he was now i'm still glad i met him but you know if we can turn back time i would have made a lot of things differently understandably got probably got it so so what was the what what um motivated you to to start this this business where did you see the, the opportunity there was other companies that were doing the mm-hmm. same that we did okay. like one mm-hmm. company was called getnote.io mm-hmm. used mm-hmm. to be and they were very successful especially at the beginning because the people confuse the situation now with them because it's an entirely different situation there were like 15 percent yields possible the company was working for two three years and made 50 percent consistently because the market was new people believed in masternoding people were staking people were probably greedy and never sold they didn't care about use cases they just cared about exploring and building the network out and that company was doing 15 percent a month on that mm. you know paying out in bitcoin even so even double the, and one year before us they went bankrupt so as, as a lot of masternoding companies, probably I do not know of any, maybe you do, that are working three years plus and are still noding or staking on behalf of clients, paying their returns that we did, probably not. So what, what do you know? Why, why did they go bankrupt? Did something similar happen in the I last year market? Some, some, some similar things were happening, like the, the get note was um, because there was not enough rewards and they were back to Bitcoin. So you mm. can imagine when Bitcoin went high, people wanted a lot of returns. So that was their gambling factor. That's why we decided we're going to back against the euro, because on the long term, we held on the belief that it would go up and we survived the first bear market. Also, it was not a good situation, but we survived it. Then the golden times came, it went up to 68,000, and we were in a very good position. And all the way down, people asked me, are you still good? Are you still good? Every, like, to 50,000, 40,000, 30,000, 20,000, I get always these messages. Yeah, but if Bitcoin goes to 20,000, are we still in a safe position? And for me, you know, the liquidity is the, the trigger, because we managed to hold suffer against bitcoin very strongly if bitcoin would have went up from 20k to 40,000, we would be all sitting on tons of money that could be exchanged and lots of liquidity and everything could have gone the right way but it just kept going lower and lower and staying lower never recovering and yeah and the yields were they don't tell me tell me and the, the yields were they based um, completely on on the master noting and the and the staking. So so was that where the where the yield was was coming from? So so um, told differently, um, 
could you so so what happened with the capital gains so so what if i put my 1000 euros in in bitcoin <clears throat> then it would be exchanged to to sapphire and sapphire would make a 10x in addition to the masternoding rewards so who would then and, and then i would cash it out and there would be enough liquidity so i could cash it out um, but I would then still get the thousand euros back, right? So what what would happen with the capital gains? Would that be your gain? This would or? be in in the company. This would be like this a would sustaining be in the, the okay. project. Uh, so so essentially, if people were masterminding and staking, they would get that profit share in a big time. Because this is why we wanted to go two ways. You know why we wanted stay in yield notes, invest a little bit. I always said like if you can five hundred, plant a seed. This was always my idea of putting money in. People planted like. There's house, hypotech, the seeds, and you know everything together. Unfortunately, and um, I also wanted to go the other route and teach them what we are doing. That's why the knowledge base exists. So if they masternode and stake themselves and understand that Sapphire is like the core, and if they are holding it and they use gains of it as expenses, as long as they don't unload it but they are spending sensibly, they will help us appreciate the coins. But while a few geeky people went to do that. Most of the people didn't care about that arm at all because knowledge is, ooh, you know, not 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 sought after when the easy way is right in front of it. But it would have helped, in my opinion, if both ways were explored because if you are masternoding, you are less likely to sell your gains because you want to profit from yield nodes. You know, you're, you're kind of dependent of both arms. And it would have been a better solution. Maybe I should have pushed it harder. Maybe, you see, this. These are the kinds of questions that keep you up all night, you know, like if what if I did this or what if I changed that? But it is what it is now and it needs to be worked out. So now yeah, so in the so, so in the go good forward. times, if I understand correctly, you not only made your twelve point five percent a cut on the on the rewards, but you also potentially, of course, you also made a uh, capital gains, of course, when when the when the coins were were going up. What we did, on, what, on your what we did was same, we had also other means of income, like banner mm -hmm. sales, like placement mm -hmm. positions on our top list for other coins. We put mm -hmm. everything on the bottom. Everything that we, at the end of the month, when we sit together and say the numbers are this and this and this and this, because master noting values go up and down. You cannot mm -hmm. exactly predict sure. where it goes. And we decided what we pay out from that sum. We took at initially fifteen percent, which was our gain. The other mm -hmm. cash was paid out. And later, 12.5%. And this was exactly the metric. So everything flew into the pot. Everything. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, so what's what's now what's now the plan? So so basically the plan is to, even if it works out everything, you won't accept new new deposits. So so what's what's then your, your plan at one point to, to make investors even if, if possible and to, to get it back on track? And then would you... Um, exactly. So the only step, way for new away, investors... Or, or what would be your plan? The only way for new investors to come in would be to take over positions of other investors, which they can sell at a premium if they like at a later mm -hmm. stage. We envision that it's going to go up. Mm -hmm. Or else, you know, buy the coins, stake and masternode them. They can take part of the decenomy or bring in assets and profit from the assets. And there we need to see the exact plan, how this is going to work. Maybe they get some sort of like coin bonus when they bring bring the assets. Could Could be an idea. Or maybe they get some... Or the, or the benefits for you know ecological behavior. there will be different things and this is the part where you need you know to to brain it out in the future but the first goal which is the maxim in the company is to pay everyone back 
potentially in profit. If they want to stay, they can stay. But we really want to get that responsibility off our shoulders. And this is what we're working. And then you yeah. would you would still what would be your the business model in the in the future? Would that still be the twelve point five or just the cut from exactly. the exactly the still twelve point five percent from from the revenue that is coming out, growing the economy, making alliances cross border with other countries, especially Dubai is very interesting because they have a lot of assets that mm -hmm. could be tokenized and brought into the economy as soon as they see that it's working on a smaller scale. It can start very slowly. It will have its issues. There will be you know, especially on the coding side, a lot of things that we, need, we needed to iron out. But once the beta stands and it works, I think it could grow very, very quickly when everything is working as intended. But as you said, there's still some significant risks that are in the business that you quite nailed, I believe. I believe you saw behind the curtain and you, you understood. Yeah, it, it took a while, but I think, it's, so. I think it's I think it's important to that's that's really that's really I think my mission to not get blinded just by returns, but really look behind the curtains and look what it's what it's real, uh, what what it really looks like. And I think um, a lot in in DeFi space is still based on inflationary yield. I think we need to make a transition to real yields so real economic output, real billions of of transaction volume where uh, revenue is generated in the protocol. And I think that's the, the the direction that the whole industry, of course, needs to needs to go in to make it sustainable. Because else we will always have these bull and and bust cycles. Because it's all based on the human psychology, and we all know that yeah. humans are highly irrational. So if everything goes goes well, then of course they keep buying, and then if everything goes wrongly, they they keep selling. So uh, I think that's a that's a huge problem. Maybe maybe one last topic. Um, uh, Binance, you said that you have some blocked funds on Binance. Um, could you explain how exactly and why did Binance block your funds and how, how much exactly is, is blocked? Can you talk about that? It's it's about six. It depends on the Bitcoin price, you know, because it's in Bitcoin. This was the mm -hmm. chunk that we, you know, needed to pay out the last investors from the... Mm. We paid out in the last chunk about... Um, 83% of the investors got paid out and there's a mm -hmm. remaining of 17% who didn't get paid out because mm -hmm. the funds that were supposed to be sent to me for the payout got frozen by Binance. Mm -hmm. And they say it's a KYC compliance issue, but we are fighting since then, you know, to unlock them. So at least you could pay those members out. And since, since yeah, when, since is, when are you, since, since when are the, these funds frozen? I believe since about one and a half months, something like that. And the process was that you that you basically um, you sold the the altcoins on the exchanges, of course, that uh, where they yeah, were yeah, traded. Yeah, Binance. We were depending on Binance because of the high liquidity. You know, Binance had a high and you liquidity. Were depending on Binance. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. And uh, can you talk maybe about um, how much how much did people actually withdraw per month? So roughly. So you said roughly. 300 million in assets um, total. So, so how the, many? The was... last month was very like was the highest. The highest. And it was it was about 24 million. 24. Okay. Yes. It okay, was the highest, it. like like by far the highest. Because also people understand like they they maybe felt something was off. They saw Bitcoin mm. is not coming back the economy. So it was like to top it off. It was like the hardest mm. pill to swallow. We were working hard to bring new languages to bring the apps. You know to start getting you know everything because even though i also got surprised on the 
24 hours before when I heard the money is still blocked, you cannot pay people out. Stefan, you need to tell people that tomorrow I was like, you can imagine, I went, went to the toilet room and vomited right away into the toilet because I was completely sh under shock. And then you needed to, we need to scramble, you know, we need to scramble then around. Of course you, you had to, you had to sell those 24 million, right? You had to sell those altcoins to, to uh, Bitcoin or to, how did no, you? We, we felt it, well, that wasn't right, you know, if you were selling mm. all, all, all the coins right into the market, dumping mm. it into the market. Exactly, then, we, then we, you would have, then you would have. We held everything, we held all the coins, okay. we told the news, and we knew it was going to fall uh. be falling down, but then, we were working on the recovery because then we would have like um you know dumped on on bad news and we didn't want to do that because it was also not the, the correct way and also so already how, how, how large were the how large were the withdrawals in the prior months or just roughly so what was the the, so the, the month before it was like like 16 million or oh, 14 okay. 14 million and the was 24 so it was a a huge spike Coming up. Yeah, but it was still a, a significant chunk every month that was withdrawn, yeah, and yeah. that and yeah, that worked. So you were able to sell this volume onto onto the yes, market. Yeah. Okay. It worked out. It worked out. When you think you have like four to eight million a day in volume, you you manage. Then you manage without impacting the market too much. Got it. So, got it. Got it. Okay. So Steve, thank you so much for for these insights. Do you have anything else uh, to share? Some some last words. Uh, plans what's what's next only that we are going to do our best to make things right that we are still here so if something is proving that we are trying to to work that is that we are still here and working and getting things out so far this is just words but step by step people will see that we are trying to go into the right direction and bringing value back Master noting and staking is still ongoing. The operation has not stopped. It's very important. People thinking that we just stopped and sit, sit on our asses and just make video calls. Um, and yeah, the, till the launch of the Senomi, the value of the coins will keep fluctuating. This is for sure. Like we think it will appreciate, but in the end, as you know, with coins, it can up, go up and down. No one knows the direction. It's based purely on, on belief. And we hope once we get the first contracts of property coming in and the first beta of the system when it works, it will be the, the turning point where everyone's investment finally will materialize. And then we hope for a great, great crypto comeback, so to speak. Definitely. So thank you for your transparency. So cross your fingers for us, Remo. Would, would be nice, you know. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, so thank you for, for coming on the show. It was it was really good discussion, I think. Thank you. I was sadly so, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, so that's it. That's all the time we have today. Maybe we will do some round two in the future. That's always um, my philosophy here, to go deep, to really understand. Um, and of course, to also tell um, everybody that you always have your own responsibility where you invest your money in, of course. And yeah, it let's just learn from, from this uh, experience. So if you have any further questions, of course, Let's discuss it in the comments below. Maybe we will do a round two in the in the future. I will, of course, um, keep tracking um, what happens with, with Yield Notes. And as always, um, subscribe to this channel. If you haven't already, um, I will be uh, yeah doing a lot of fun interviews with a lot of people. I'm really having fun with it to go deep, to learn, and to provide value for all of you. So subscribe, and of course, as always, 
continue watching by clicking on this recommended video. Goodbye, everybody, and see you next time.